Just a heads up, we wanted to remind everyone that the thoughts and opinions of the guests on our show are their own and don't necessarily reflect the views of the Echo Review or the institutions which the guests represent. There is some discussion about domestic violence in this episode, so listener discretion is advised. Resiliency. It's the guiding theme for this season. I'm not going to lie, the season's been kind of tough. It's had its share of struggles. Despite a fantastic season one, the Echo Review is still a work in progress. I made a commitment to myself and the team, the people that support me, and I need to be more visible, possibly on the front lines a little bit more, but I haven't exactly figured out what that means. I admit, I still rely on recommendations and referrals for people to speak to through some of my friends, and someone very special to me recommended that I get in touch with TJ Sella BK. Like any good citizen journalist, I took a look at her work and got a feel for who she is. TJ Sella BK is like a classic 90s New Yorker. She remembers 9-11 very vividly, she worked for FDNY, and now she's a DJ. She's a survivor and has a vision for a better future. She's resilient. And as you would expect, she is a fantastic conversationalist. Okay, so let's jump right into it. State your name, what you're known for, like what you do, anything that you want to tell us about yourself. Well, um, I go by DJ Silla BK. I'm a DJ and owner and founder of House of Medusa, the first LGBTQ recording studio in New York City. Um, and yeah, I've been in the music industry for since I was about 14 years old and I'm just excited to be here today okay so you started DJing at 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 14 how'd you get into DJing well I remember my uncle was a very known like uh, underground DJ he used to go and have the crates and everything so I used to sneak in the basement while he was spinning and like out of curiosity I was just like hey how do you do that you know as a young kid and he just kind of took me under his wing and then like as I got older, you know, I just like did teenage things, just kind of got into other situations. And then I kind of circled back around it when I was like 18, 19 years old. I um, stumbled upon a service member who was uh, very involved with a lot of house industry individuals. And um, I'm talking about I was in the presence of like, um, you know, um, Tony Humphreys, um, you know, Deuce Martinez, like people who Barbara Tucker, Dowd DeBonet people who were on WBLS and um, literally were just giving me the opportunity to shine and really show my DJ skills and even, you know, clean up and say, Hey, so why don't you try this? And, you know, this is another way you can, you know, try to spin this record and, and sharing music libraries with me. So that kind of shaped me into getting the confidence I needed to like really go out and start doing it on my own. And so at what point did you like decide to run with it as like a, as for more, more than just a hobby, like an actual profession? Well, I mean, it's something that I feel like when you have the love of music and it's like when you have a situation where you know that, okay, this is something that I want to do because it just makes you feel happy and it makes you feel like you're creating something for a crowd. And it's what, what it, it was just, I remember actually just, it's, it's funny you said that because I'll, I'll circle back. 
I was actually just guest DJing with a, a, a very known DJ. And as I was just kind of vibing with the crowd, I threw on a certain record and it just made everybody just stop and just move and feel it. And it was at that point that I realized like, oh my God, this is magic. Like I could literally change the whole mood of a room by music and song, you know, just playing that one record could just change the whole energy of a room. Is that what you, is that what you aspire to do with uh, House of Medusa? Well, House of Medusa basically is this whole different animal. Like House of Medusa is this movement. Um, DJing, of course, yeah, that was my, you know, that's how I started. That's my break into the music industry, you know? And then I, I owned the recording studio very young um, and worked with big artists. Uh, Jasmine Sullivan was one, Little Dirk, like just, you know, little, just a lot of different artists came through the door and that exposed me to that world. But like later on, I, you know, I kind of put it to the side due to an experience that I had. And I was like, I need a break from music. And then, you know, fast forward, I started DJing again. And House of Medusa was born through a very, very uh, inspiring incident. And, and that just kind of made House of Medusa what it is. And House of Medusa is literally a safe queer uh, performing spaces, recording studio, opportunity for queer artists, really giving people that platform that they need to feel safe. What, what was the incident that inspired this, if you don't mind me asking? Well, I had a, um, what inspired me was I had a transgender friend who was an artist and, um, you know, now she, uh, she, once she transitioned, she went to a recording studio, uh, with several men that she trusted. And while having this recording studio session, she was assaulted and, um, you know, she stood quiet about the incident. And then later on, about a year or two later, she actually confided in me and said, Hey, Silla. We just started talking about like, you know, the music industry. And she told me this and I we sat in my car and literally Googled like any kind of LGBTQ recording studios and there was nothing. So I made a promise and I said, I'm going to open up the first one. And then I did. And, you know, that is something that unfortunately a lot of women and queer people experience in the music industry is a lot of, you know, violence or, or assaults. So for me, this is just something that's way bigger than just a business or an opportunity for me this is life-changing for so many people that have walked through the door got it got it got it now um you've spoken in the past about being a domestic abuse survivor yourself um are you open to discussing this and like i guess how did and if so did this experience like your journey and if and so if so what ways yeah definitely and i'm yeah i'm totally open for it i actually um, do a walk and DJ um, for the Healing Center, which is a domestic violence awareness. It's actually for teen domestic violence awareness because that's when it started with me. Um, yeah, that shaped me to really realize, you know, my worth. And it was getting out and making sure my kids were out of that environment that, you know, inspired me to keep going. And, and you know, it, it, it's it's a whole long story and journey, but that relationship was very toxic and prevented me from making music and this individual did everything in you know their power to stop me from pursuing music and that was just fire that was fuel to you know fuel to my fire and you know those feelings of being you know you could either go two ways you could be a victim or a survivor and i chose to be a survivor got it got it got it well more power to you um thank you let's let's take it back now you were once in the fire department 
um, let's talk about this period of your life. Um, what inspired you to pursue that as a, as a career path? Well, I remember, and I know it just passed uh, with 9-11. I remember being in high school and, um, you know, I went to a high school with a lot of, a lot of the girls, it was an all girls Catholic high school. I kind of ended up there just because I uh, wasn't doing so good in uh, public school. So my parents were like, well, we got to give you a little structure. And I think that's what kind of created the whole kind of <laughs> like, yeah, like that whole kind of like, what are you going to do good in uniform and instruction environment or whatever. So pretty much I just like, you know, I was sitting in class. I had hot 97 in one year and I was listening to like, <laughs> yeah, it was, I was like, I had like, the, you know, the old school Walkman with this, with the, you get the FM AM. And I was just like, it was chemistry class. I was bored. I was like, whatever. All of a sudden I hear, oh my God, Angie Martinez. She's like, somebody just hit the twin towers and I blurted in class. And the, my teacher's like, oh, shut up. Just what do you stop lying? And I'm like, no. And then the smoke, we saw it from the window. And I remember everybody just frantically running out of the classroom, trying to get a hold of their parents. And at that time we had beepers and, you know, we had like these crappy cell phones and with horrible service. And um, I remember that one of my very good friends, her father was a captain in the fire department and um, he passed away. So going to that funeral and then, you know, going to multiple funerals in such a short amount of time, I just felt like, wow, like, you know, I want to give back. I would love to be part of something more when I get older. And shortly after high school, I, I went into my certifications to, you know, pursue EMS and be a medic and get into that world. And um, that was sort of my like light to like nine one one. Got it, got it, got it. Now, before we started recording, you mentioned because you're having casual conversation, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, um, you mentioned that there was this kind of um, this stigma about you know being a woman in uniform. Like what I guess like what experiences did have you had as a woman in uniform, and how much did that? As far as like, I mean, impacting you in your journey to eventually going back into music, like how, how like what, what, what were those, some of those experiences that shaped you or shaped your perception of like um, where you needed to be? Well, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, you know, as a creative, as an artist and, you know, when you have something in you, that's just, it's like a fire inside your soul, right? You can't burn, you can't put it out no matter what you do. If you try to, it, it'll slowly, the flame will slowly just diminish, but it's always going to be there no matter what. And as much as you try to repress it, it just becomes like this, eventually just going to explode. Right. So like, I remember just being in the fire department and like, when I started the Academy, it was like this constant, like needing to prove that I was, that I needed, that I could make the, you know, I could be toe to toe with the guys, you know, and, and having an Academy class, it was 40 men and six women that actually came out of that class. Wow, wow. Yeah, and we were the six. So, you know, to be a part of the six that came out of that class was just like, wow, like I was able to actually make it through. And then, of course, you know, in the department, you have to, in order to get any ranks up or to get the respect, you have to have this tough exterior. And like, there's days that you just want to, you know, you want to be a little feminine and you want to like, but you know that you really that's something that you got to kind of keep in check. And it's really something that's sad, but it's definitely an issue. And, uh, you know, just dealing with that is tough, but social media, anything that I did musically, I kept very private just because again, once you lose that respect, I feel like it's very hard to get back. And, um, unfortunately, you know, you dress a little more sexier or revealing all of a sudden you're looked at as not an equal, but as an object. And that's something I think a lot of women face when they're in uniform. 
um, unfortunately, it's something that is still happening. So. So, okay. So something you mentioned that, um, you know, how you're perceived in uniform, what's your take on those uh, calendars that the FDNY puts out every year? <laughs> well, no, Hey, listen, they have some calendars that now they actually incorporated women. So they look kind of, you know, it's hot. It's nice. Why not? Right. Like, you right, right, to, right. Listen, you, it's, it's sexualized. It's what it is. Like it's, that's what they're doing. They're, you know, they're, they're sexualizing guys and women. Okay, great. But if it's something that's voluntarily done, I feel like more power to you. If you have the courage to go up there and do that, cool. I support it. But again, I think it's something that it, it could look either either way. It could be a negative, like pros and cons. I think you could look at it as, wow, these people are brave showing their bodies and, and you know, celebrating themselves or as people seeing them as objects. So I think it just looks, it's the person looking at that calendar. I mean, I'm nobody to judge if it's if it makes them happy, you know what? I'm not gonna say I'm gonna go out and buy a bunch of calendars, but you know, I'll support it. <laughs> got you, got you, got you. Um, so I guess my last question: Are there any albums or playlists currently in your rotation? It could be like well, open-ended, open-ended answers only. Yeah, no, yeah. We're, I'm actually working on my album now to be released next year. Um, I do produce, and I am working. I signed an artist to House of Medusa which I'm pushing their music as well. Um, but yeah, look out 2023. I'm going to have some new music out there. In the meantime, we're doing a lot of events in New York and um, Boston, Florida. We're just going to be doing a lot of different um, events and focusing on building, you know, stages for, for queer artists. But yeah, I'm definitely going to have some new music out next year. I think it was important to have Silo on here. She's doing something that she's passionate about that has a purpose and is community focused. Thanks, Silo. Thanks for being a part of this season. To learn more about DJ Silo BK, check out her Instagram. You can find a link to it in the description of the episode. To learn more about House of Medusa, also check out her Instagram or log on to their website, www.hausofmadusany.com. This episode was edited by Hannah Sunday. She's pretty awesome, and she's the other producer handling this season. Make sure to check out the Echo Review on social media, at the Echo Review on Instagram and TikTok.